0: things that want to distract and want to weigh down and let's fix our eyes on jesus wonderful jesus and let's just give him the praise and glory that he alone is worthy of amen we're gonna open in prayer and we're gonna bring a little comfort on the swindle family brother bill went to be with jesus this morning and he finished that race triumphantly like a man of god should So God's servant, amen. Yeah, you can clap. That's all right. I got news for you. He's clapping. He's shouting. He used to say in the younger days that he would dance in the spirit, you know. And um, I'll tell you, he's dancing right now. You can write that Mm -hmm. down, amen. Amen. I mean, he was always dancing in his heart. But, you know, the older you get, sometimes the old doesn't do it. But I'll tell you what. He is twirling his twirl. And he is shouting his shout. Man, isn't it wonderful that for the believer, the best is yet to come? And anything negative, you'll never see it again. And we head on into glory. So everybody, stand with me and let's get ready to lift up Jesus. Let's get ready to shout our shout. Amen? We don't got to wait to heaven, do we? We can do it right now. We can do it this morning. We can just give God praise. We can just, hey, hey, we're going somewhere. Amen? Hey, this world's not our home. Pass them through while we're here let's make some noise for jesus father we love and praise you we thank you that we can gather in your name the redeemed of the lord the blood ball and we do have something to sing about shout about clap about father we pray your your divine comfort and strength upon the swindoll family that during this time you'll just lift them up and you'll strengthen them but lord we thank you for the reality of heaven We thank you for the blessed assurance each one of us has that when we close our eyes here, we open them in glory, and we're going to see you face-to-face, just like our brothers right now doing. So, Lord, if you'll allow us this morning to practice for heaven. Lord, if you'd allow us right now in these next 20 minutes as we worship you just to practice for heaven and to express from our hearts how grateful we are for how good you've been O oh Lord, receive our praise, and let our song bless your heart this morning. May the joy of the Lord be our strength, and all God's people say, let's bless the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Well, some glad
1: for when his
0: are so thankful that you first loved us. We are so thankful. humbly thankful this morning that you sent your only begotten son to take our place and die on that cross, shed his blood, that we could stand here this morning forgiven, redeemed, Hallelujah. set free from all condemnation and accusation, made whole by the blood of the Lamb. We thank you for that. And we will forever praise you and honor you. And give you the glory that you alone, you only deserve. Father, we love you. Now speak to us, Lord. Give us ears to hear and hearts to receive. And may the demonstration of your power be your seal of approval. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Well, good morning again. It's so good to see you. Amen. Children, you dismissed the children's church? And everyone else, if you could go to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2. As we continue our series from the book of 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 2. We're going to read verses 10, 11, and 12. But really, we're going to settle in on verse 13. But we'll warm up here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10. You are witnesses, and so is God of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father, deals with his own children. How's that? Encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and his glory. Now, we'll dig into that deeper in a few weeks on Father's Day, but for this morning, I want to draw your attention to verse 13, That will be our verse. And we also thank God continually. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is. The word of God, which is at work in you who believe. Who is it working in? Who? If you believe in, it, it's working in you. If you're not believing, it's not working in you. And let's read that again. Let's get that last part. Which is at work in you, who? Yeah. All right. Good morning. Our title this morning, The Word at Work in the Believer. At Work in the Believer. Focusing on verse 13. And we're recognizing this morning that our attitude, this is Paul preaching to a very young church and he's trying to get these things into him if you can get the basics young believer you'll you'll finish strong you'll grow if you don't get the basics, you might stay in this thing but you won't do much you got to get the basics and paul's stressing those we want to recognize this morning that our attitude and our response to the word of god will greatly determine our spiritual health our spiritual growth and our blessedness again your response determines its effect your response to the Word determines the Word's effect in your life. How you respond to it determines what it can do and what it will do in you and for you. So let's remember now, our title, from our title and text, the Word must work in us before it can work through us or for us. Now the church that we've been studying, the Thessalonians, their church was built on the Word of God. Paul said in that first chapter, I preach not the word of man, but I preach the gospel of God to you. And it came on the power and conviction and demonstration of God's spirit. And we understand that Paul emphasizes again and again to these young believers, you know, the same word that saved you. That same word that you believe to get saved is the same thing that you must continue to believe and obey and live out. If you're going to grow and mature and develop, if you're going to walk and greater victory and progress of this Christian experience. The same way you got saved, you heard the word, you believed the word, you responded and obeyed the word, everything else in your Christian experience will grow and mature and go forward, just like that, same principle. Paul was thanking the young church that they had a right attitude and a right response to the word of God. And again, he's stressing to these young believers how important it is that they have a proper attitude and commitment to the word an honor. The word of the Lord. This is of great importance for all of us. For we will, um, if we'll have the right attitude and the proper commitment to the word of the Lord, our lives will never be the same. Say that again. If we'll have the right attitude and a proper commitment to the word of God, our lives will never be the same. In fact, success and effectiveness in your Christian experience will be greatly determined by your attitude towards the word and your commitment to the word of the living God. There can be no mistake about it. For this word is our nourishment. This is what nourishes the soul, that nourishes the psyche, which nourishes the mind, the emotions. This word is what gives us spiritual health and vitality. This word, when Jesus said it like this, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This is bread for your soul. This is what you eat to become strong. And you don't just eat it once every six months, but a daily taking in of the proper calories and nutrients of the word of God is what gives a person the ability to live this life and know this God and walk in the victory. Oh, this word is our nourishment. This word is also our strength and our foundation and our stability. For Jesus simply said, to the one that won't just hear it, and just talk about, I know about it, but the one that will actually do it and apply it into such a life, he says, becomes a depth and a security and a stability that they can weigh and weather any storm, stand against any opposition. That is a foundation. When we live our lives, according to thus saith the Lord, our lives have a foundation that is built on God Himself. And every trial, every testimony, every temptation, every storm from the enemy, Will try to knock us off, but if we're building a life on the Word of God, we'll stand, we'll stand, we'll stand. Can you say amen? And, And Paul's trying to get this into them. They got saved and they met God, but I know a lot of people, they get saved and it's dramatic and it's demonstrative and it's emotional, but they fall away because if you don't eat, you're gonna. I went to the buffet. Ten years ago. Well, you better eat more than ten years ago, amen. Yeah. But it's the word of the Lord that is we daily take in it's our nutrients. That's our vitamin A, B, C, and D. Amen. Strong bones. Good, good, good discernment. You want an immune system, a spiritual immune system that works? Get your vitamins in you. Feed on that word, amen. You want a stability that will stand no matter what hell throws against you? You know, some can't handle the trial. Some fall away in times of testing. The Bible teaches that. But when you're built on the Word, you're built on something beyond yourself. You're built on God. And though you get your storms, and though you get your temptations and trials, they don't overwhelm you, but you've got power to stand. It's this Word that brings wisdom and understanding to the life and the mind of the believer. This Word... It's a light. This word is a lamp. This word brings illumination and understanding so we can know this God and know what we have in this God. Oh, glory be to God forevermore. You know, to win in Christianity, you need more than a good pep talk every Sunday morning. You need to be taught and instructed and equipped by the word of the living God. Can you say amen? If you've coached anything, if you've coached anything in your life, I mean from Pee Wee to to, to or whatever, if you've coached anything, you know. Your players can only get so far on a good pep talk. Isn't that right? I mean, a good pep talk has its place. I mean, good motivation has its place. But sooner or later, if they're not being taught the skills and the technique and how to properly do the job, they're going to get beat by a team that's betterly coached. Coaches are teachers. So some people just want a pep talk. Just give me a pep talk. Well... I like a pep talk as good as the next guy. But if you're not taught and trained and instructed, you won't become wiser than your enemies. He'll fool you. Amen. You can get all I've seen teams all pumped up. They're so psyched up. They're hyperventilating. Amen. They, they get out there, but they don't have the right technique. They're stepping wrong. They're moving wrong. They're there. They haven't been trained. And so God says, listen, there's this place for encouragement. Oh, that's important. But there's a place for instruction. And that has a greater importance. And Paul is stressing to this young church. You've weathered the storms. You've come out of heathenism 101. When hell threw the kitchen sink at you with riots and persecution. You didn't fade. You stood strong. And it's not because I gave you a pep talk three or four months ago when I was with you. It's because you took the word of the living God that you were taught. And you believed it. And you lived it. And that gave you strength to go through it. Somebody say Amen. So this morning, we will look at three attitudes that we need to have. If we're going to get the most out of God's word, friend, God gave you a book. Terrible thing to waste it. Amen. Terrible thing to waste it. Amen. We're going to talk about, number one, appreciating the word. Appreciate. Number two, appropriate. Number three, apply. This word will work if you work it. I'm telling you, it'll work if you work it. So accept its authority. I'm going to summarize it. Accept its authority assimilate its truth and apply its principles. How about that? We're going we're to appreciate it or accept its authority. Then we're going to appropriate it. We're going to assimilate its truth and make it part of our living and our thinking. And then we're going to apply its principles. We're going to obey it. And we're going to work it. Number one, appreciate. Again, everything's going to come from verse 13. Appreciate. But Paul says, when you receive the word of God that you heard from us, You accepted it, not as the word of men, but as it actually is. He said, when you accepted it, when you welcomed it, it was not as the word of men, but as it actually is, the word of God. Appreciate. If the Bible's going to help us, if the Bible's going to work in us, if we're going to get the most out of the Bible, we must appreciate the Bible for what it is. Let's put a proper value, a proper reverence and priority on the word of God. Again, to appreciate something means to grasp its nature and its value. To understand its quality, the significance of something is to appreciate it. To value, to highly admire. There's a reverence and a respect towards the word of God. When we have that, then we'll put confidence in it. Then we'll put trust in it. When we value it. You know, we live in a world today where many people, um, they struggle in the area of trust. Naturally speaking, it's not hard to understand, though, is it? I mean, the natural, but so much of life falls apart when the warranty goes up. is up, right? People run off when the going gets, gets tough. We see it in government. We see it in business. We see it in religion, even in the family. And many have been dropped by those that should have been holding them. And many have been abandoned by those that should have been loving them. And many have been forgotten by those that should have been supporting them. And maybe there's someone listening to me this morning. You've been disappointed and you've been wounded in the area of trust. Well, I want you to know that you can put complete trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to know that you can put wholehearted confidence in his word. He's got a good word for you if you'll accept it. It's true, it's true that people and institutions and circumstances might have let you down. But you can trust Jesus. He'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. He'll never abandon you. And you can trust his word. You can trust his word and you can trust his person. For he and his word will always be true and always be dependable and always be relevant now in your life. And you can put complete trust in the Lord. Others might have failed you. Others might have walked out in you. But God's word you can trust continually. You can stand on it. You can believe it. You can put complete trust in every word he has spoken. He's God. He's not a man. He'll never lie. And what he says, he's mightily enabled to perform. Our topic this morning comes from the word of God. We're talking about the word of God. If you can get this right, everything else goes right. Spent one summer building homes. I, I could, shouldn't say building anything, because I was just a mule. Back then, I was strong enough to be a mule. I just carried the wood, carried the wood, amen? They, they knew if I was hammering something, they got to go behind me and make sure it was done right. I, I, just, I just, I carried, I carried. But I got to work with some guys from the church that were, you know, they just built half the churches in my, half the buildings in my area, you know, the houses. And, and they would talk on breaks, and their father had trained them. They said, I said, Joe, the key... And they take forever to get that foundation just perfect, just right. I mean, they're hitting that thing, poof, you know, the little line goes off and they're getting it right. Father always taught us, if you get the foundation right, everything else is going to go up right. If you get that foundation off just a bit, it's, it's it, all, forget it. If you get the foundation of a Christian walk proper, by giving the word of God his proper place, trust me, everything else is going to be okay, amen? But if you don't get the Bible right, you're going to struggle forever. You're going to struggle. You're going to struggle forever. Our topic is the word of God. It's more than just the religious stories. It's more than just advice for life. It's more than just a spiritual blessing book. This is the very word of God. It's different from any other book in its origin, in its character, and certainly in its content, its origin, its source. You know, the Bible is inspired By the Holy Spirit of God. God breathed upon holy men. And they wrote. Let's look at 2 Timothy 16 and 17. The third chapter. And this is a verse. Again the origin. The origin. All scripture. Oh, How much of the scripture? All scripture. You can trust all scripture. You should live all scripture. You should love all scripture. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. God breathed. The breath of God. And it's good for, profitable, for doctrine. That means teaching, for reproof, correction, for instruction or training in righteousness. How to be righteous, amen? That the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That means totally proficient for all the demands of this life. When we love the Word and we feed on the Word and we allow the Word of God to instruct us and to train us and equip us, it makes us equipped to walk this walk and live this life and be more than conquerors through Christ. But I want you to see that here. The Spirit of God came upon holy men as they wrote. The thoughts and substance of the Bible did not originate in the mind of man, but in the mind of God. He is the author and this is his book. The origin. You can trust your Bible. Because it wasn't written by man. It was written by God. And God knows what he's talking about. Can you say amen? Amen. The character of this book. The character of the Bible. It's a holy book. It's a pure book. It's a perfect book. It will convict us but only so it can cleanse us. It will wound us only so it can heal us and mend us. It will discipline us only so it can develop us and mature us and equip us. Psalm 19, 7 through 9. We're not going to look it up, but write it down, note takers. And you see these wonderful thoughts concerning the word of God. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. That's a perfect book. Amen. You know, sometimes you get those old science books. Well, throw that old book away. They've discovered new things. That was wrong. How do you like that? They're never going to throw that book out and say it was wrong. Amen. God wrote that book. It's a perfect book. It revives the soul. It keeps your soul strong and fervent and vibrant in God. It gives you the life of God. Feeding. Woo. Forget Gatorade. Drink from this book. Amen. Oh, it'll do something for you. This book won't leave you tainted or deceived. Hmm. Mm. I said this book. Oh, Lord, I'm going to run with this one. I never see more Christians messed up, confused deceived in these last two three years reading everything reading from everybody but forgetting what thus saith the lord has said let every man and devil be a liar if you're going to waste your time put your time in the book read the bible see what god someone say amen Amen. can't say amen say out come on church Oh, I'm trying to tell someone, if you're reading things you shouldn't be reading, wasting time on what you shouldn't be wasting, there is a better word, there is a purer promise, there is a greater impartation that'll come, not from the news, not from your favorite media outlet, but from thus saith the Lord. I dare you to give God's word first place in your life. I dare you to give the word of God a priority and a prominence in your daily. If you'll do that, you'll never, never, somebody say never, You'll never be the same. or well, this word will not leave you as it found you. It'll change you. It'll transform you. It'll do for you what a phone book did for Clark Kent. Can you say amen? I'm telling you the Word of God It will hide it in our heart and let it renew our mind and speak it with our mouth and stand on it and believe it. It is a sword of the Spirit that will cut through the darkness. It is medicine that will heal you, body, soul, and spirit. It is a guiding light that you can navigate even through the darkest of storms. You don't got to be like men of the world that are freaking out and uptight and don't know their yesterday, have lost hope. We have a hope. His name is Jesus. Somebody say amen. The word, the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. Whoo. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. This word won't leave you tainted or deceived, but it'll leave you cleansed. It won't leave you confused, but encouraged and enlightened. The antidote for a confused life is a proper perception and understanding and reception of God's word. It still brings chaos into order. Hallelujah. It still brings peace to the soul. In the beginning, God looked and there was chaos. The earth without form and void. It was a mess and God spoke and there was light and there was order. And things began to move properly again. Just like into our hearts when we were darkened in sin and we were lost. But then that same word, that light of God's word penetrated our darkness. And our chaos came to order and we were born from above. Oh my. Origin and character and the content you know, underneath cleansing, that great man of faith, Smith Wigglesworth, that Pentecostal pioneer, apostle of faith. God used him to raise, I don't know, half a dozen or so people from the dead. What a powerful man. He never really learned to read till he was an adult. He was a plumber. His wife taught him to read. And pretty much after that, he was pretty much, they called him a man of one book. He didn't read much of anything except his Bible, his Bible. And his grandson asked him about that one time. And he said, well, son... He said, you know, this is back probably in the 30s or 40s. He says, you know, I read that newspaper and I come out of it feeling more dirty than when I went in. When I read my Bible, I come out feeling cleaner. He says, I like to be clean. Amen. I like to be clean. Isn't that the truth? You can watch a lot of things. Listen, you come out feeling cleaner, more confused, sometimes defiled. But when you read, thus saith the Lord, there's a washing, there's a cleansing, there's a purification. I like to feel that way. How about you? Amen. Amen. Origin, character, and the content, Jesus said, by word, is truth. Truth about God and truth about man. Truth about our condition and truth about God's great salvation. This book reveals to us how to know God, how to please God, and how to walk with God. I'll tell you what, this book shows us how to prepare to meet our God. Because everyone that hears me, you will meet this God one day. And you better meet him on his terms, not yours. And you'll find out his terms right in the B-I-B-L-E. Oh, my, 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 my. From the eternal to the practical, his word is truth. The content of the scriptures instructs us and inspires us and equips us to know the almighty God and how to successfully live a life that pleases him. One writer said this, he says, the word like medicine, is designed to address the comprehensive issues of life. A Bible that is falling apart from use usually belongs to somebody who isn't. <laughs> People have fallen apart. Typically their Bible has just got dust on it. Can you say amen? But when that Bible is daily fed upon and hidden in the heart and lived out in the life, That's a different person. That's a different animal. Can you say amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we understand number one, to appreciate something, we must recognize what something truly is. You know, everyone comes from their field of expertise. And you could look at something and see value in something that I would think throw it out. You might have something in the corner of your garage that's worth a whole bunch, and I would look, put a quarter on it and put it in the garage sale. Because if it's not your expertise, you, don't really, you can't value it properly. You don't esteem it properly. You can't appreciate it. Isn't that true? Everyone can take their field. Everybody has a field, right? Everyone knows certain things. And you know what? Certain things are really... Well, the same way, some people have very little enthusiasm or reverence for the Bible. But they really don't recognize and appreciate the Bible or understand that the Bible is the Word of God. Similar, in a similar way, like when Jesus walked the earth, how many failed to recognize who he was? How many people out there, they didn't appreciate or value, they didn't honor the Son of God? Their attitude towards him revealed it. They failed to see the significance of the Savior and all that he was doing. And all that he came to do. And therefore they did not respond to the moment. They did not. Take their opportunity to respond to the Savior. They did not esteem the glory. Of the one that left heaven and walked among men. The opportunity came to come to him and follow him. They even heard the words. But the words had very little value. They heard come unto me. Follow me. Live for me. And so many of them just thought empty words but the ones that did recognize him the, the ones that did respond to him the ones that did receive and that they, they like us we're never the same we're never the same you know and in the same way the lord wants you and i to recognize how we treat his word is how we treat him how we treat the bible is how we treat jesus one cannot ignore Jesus and totally disregard what He has told us to do and how to live, and in the same tongue say, "Well, I love the Lord." No, 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 no. But the Lord would have us this morning to really appreciate that He has given us His Word, that we don't have to walk in darkness. That we don't have to be wondering, what is God's will for my life? How would God have me to live? But God has given us a book so we can know His heart and know His will and know His mind. And we can walk in it by the grace and power of His Holy Spirit. He's given us promises to bless us. Learn the promises. Glean the promises. No promises for every situation of life. Amen. Know your covenant. Know that contract. Amen. That's where faith comes from. Faith's going to go as that promise. Oh, glory to God. He's given you promises. Many, many great divine promises. So we can be blessed. He's given us commandments to protect us. So we can walk in a way where his shielding and his pavilion abide over us. He's given us precepts and principles to guide us and to steer us so we can know how to live in a way that will be blessed of the Lord and victorious in this fallen world. My friend, can we get the understanding, God Almighty has given us a book. What a blessed, privileged people we are. That the true and living God. People, you know, they spend all this money to go be to self-help seminars. And some guy, you could just go to Barnes and Noble and read his book. Amen. But anyway, some guy, and he'll give us the oh, the PowerPoint and how think you're good of yourself here and do this and do that. That's wonderful. Hey, we'll knock your socks off. It helps you sell more cars. God bless you. It puts food on the table. That's all right. But 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 think about it. What we'll do. To hear from man. What we'll do to be improved in the natural, yet to failing to recognize the Almighty God has given me a book Whew. so I can live as more than a conqueror, so I can enjoy the good life. Amen. This is a real good life. This is the life of serving Jesus. That's the good life. Let me give it proper esteem and priority and effort to learn it, to understand it, and to live it. Glory be to God. You see, okay, here we go. Let's truly appreciate the word of God and faithfully build our lives upon it. Number one is appreciate, value, and esteem the word of God. Then number two, appropriate. Appropriate that word. Once I esteem it, Paul writes in verse 13, you received or you welcomed, you embraced, you accepted That word is the word from God. After accepting its authority, I don't want to just admire it. I want to assimilate its truth. It's not enough to look at the Bible like I'm looking at a museum piece. That's the word of God. That's the word of God. I'm going to put it over the fireplace and put it behind glass and put a little light can shine on it. People walk in. That's the word of God. Okay. But it's not made to be admired on a shelf. It's made to be put in the heart. It's made to fill our minds. And it's made to live out and walk out in our lives. I'm going to assimilate this, you see. You see, here's a thought. You know, we we live in a day and age, right? We know there's negatives, but man, there's some positives about this day and age. You realize there are so many ways that you can be helped to give the word of God a proper place in your life. We've got beautiful devotionals out there. I'm not a reader, so-and-so. Listen, those devotionals, and I've gleaned them, but I know people that read them daily. One little page. It'll give you a nugget. It'll give you a thought. It'll give you an encouragement. You're not a reader. It's not a lot to read. But man, to do that daily, what a difference it'll make. You know, they tell me, if you know me, I just graduated from a flip phone a couple weeks ago. I'd rather be back there right now, to be honest with you. But let's not go down that road. So I'm not into technology. But I, someone told me they got these, uh, these apps. You mean, you, the Bible, you get a word each day. Can, can you make it any easier? I mean, you check the weather five times a day on that crazy phone. Get a word from God. Get a word from God. Get a word from God. Amen. Read that word. Say, Lord, help me to remember this word. Lord, help me to live this word. What, what I'm trying to say, there, there are so many. We got it on CDs now, tapes. I'm going to say tapes, cassettes. I'm going to really age myself there. All right. But, but the Bible, I mean, you got to drive. You know, you got one of those crazy commutes. You got to go into Tampa. You can put the word of God in and just get the word of God in your car as you're praising the Lord. I'm just saying there are so many advantages and helps to help us. Learn the Bible and know the Bible and live the Bible. But, but, the responsibility ultimately comes on me to do my part. I've got to do my part, amen? And listen, if you don't, you might get to heaven, but you put yourself at a great disadvantage while you're on earth. If you choose not to develop this habit, amen? The old preacher went to his dentist, he said, preach, And it wasn't me. (laughs) He said, he says, you don't have to floss your teeth. Only the ones you want to keep. (laughs) Only the ones you want to keep. Don't have to. Only the ones you want to keep. You see, you you, you don't have to give the word of God a priority and, and get ultimately to heaven. But I'll tell you what. You put yourself at a great disadvantage as far as living this life productively, fruitfully and victoriously. If you don't. And that makes sense. Am I making sense? I love to make sense. I want to make sense. So I've got to do my part. I've got to do my part, not just to appreciate the Bible, but to appropriate and take it into me. Three keys to welcoming or receiving that word, appropriating that word. Receive it warmly, digest it properly, and believe it fully, and believe it fully. We need to pray, Lord, give us a greater love for your word. That's a good prayer, isn't it? You know, some people get saved and they just love their Bibles. They just love their Bibles. And, and you know, them and the Bible have been in love since the moment they got saved. They just love their Bibles. Amen. Others struggle. Maybe they're not readers. Can, Can we at least pray the prayer, Lord, give me a greater love for your word. Because it's such an important part of me being who you want me to be. And me pleasing you and living for you, Lord. Would You you know what the psalmist say? Uh, I love it, Psalm, Psalm 119. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Amen? And well, Hey, Lord, would you give me a, a greater hunger for your word? Get, may your word become sweeter and sweeter for me. Receive it warmly. Digest it properly. Believe it fully. Receive it warmly. You know, so, some messages, let's face it, the other week, right? Uh... Some messages, I mean, we respond like we're heading to the buffet at Fred's after a three-week fast. Isn't that right? I mean, look out, get out of the way, forget the blue paint, I'm going through. Then other messages, and I sit here and look at your faces. Some other messages, it's like the first time you fed my sons that yellow squash, you know what I mean? No matter how much you made the airplane, spit it back out on you, one whiff of that stuff and... But listen, whatever the word is, whatever the word is, if it's the Bible, then we must learn to receive it warmly. Trust and honor the author. It's from a good and loving Heavenly Father. And it's good for us. It's good for us. Isn't that right? It's good for us. There are a lot of things we're not crazy about doing. Doctor says, if you don't do them, you know, all right. um, we, we a lot. right. They're good for us. And there's times the, the word of the Lord will challenge us and stretch us and convict us. I'm not perfect yet, so it convicts me on certain things. How about you? Anybody? Am I in the right church? All right. So sometimes, but I can't just be acting like, squash. You know, I got to say, Lord, it's your word. Help me to respond it. Help me to walk in it. Amen. Help me to receive it. You see, I'm going to welcome the word when when I read it, when I hear it. And that's the first step to receiving the blessing that the word wants to bring. People preach it. The Bible speaks to us. But I've got to receive it. Amen? I've got to receive that word. Uh, James, the first chapter, tells us prepare your hearts and humbly accept the word. Prepare your hearts. When you read the Bible, when you come into the house of God, Remove the things that are hindering from receiving. When you invite guests over, get the three foot of snow out of the driveway. Let them in. Amen. Show them you you really want them to come over. Amen. Open up. Ask you: are there things in my heart that are hindering me from receiving what God would say to me as I read? Are there things in me that are going to hinder me from hearing what the Spirit is saying to me? Whether it's a prophetic word or a sermon or a Sunday school teaching. But... Prepare your hearts and then humbly receive the word. Don't fight the word. Embrace the word. And once you receive it, let it stick around. Look look at Colossians 3 and 16. Let the word of Christ, let, let it dwell in you richly. I like that. Let the word of Christ dwell. That means abide. That means let it stay in you richly. In you richly. You see, it literally means let the word of God feel at home in your heart. Are there things that rival the word? Are there things that quench the word? Are there things, Jesus talked about things that suffocated, remember? The parable of the seed and the sower, things that suffocate the word. But I want to prepare my heart and then I want to welcome that word. I want the word of God to feel at home in my heart. You see, the word works best when it's allowed to dwell and remain and abide in us. See, that, that's like a healing ointment, you see. You know, a healing ointment, it doesn't just work as soon as it touches, but gradually, as, as you rub it in day after day, right? It works. as a gradual thing. As it's applied again and again. As the word of the Lord is applied again and again. And it's allowed to dwell in our heart. It's allowed to rule in our hearts. It, it works, it works. And listen, very often, the word works supernaturally, yet quietly. Just because it's not demonstrative doesn't mean it's not supernatural. Oh, we've all seen times when God moves supernatural and that blinded eye, boom, it was open. And that person got up and that cancer was gone. But that's not the norm. Normally it's a progressive thing. It's a gradual thing. Very often the word works supernaturally yet quietly to change us and transform us and heal us. And results come. I mean, real lasting results come, not just when I hear the word and forget the word, but when I welcome the word and allow the word to be at home in me and abide in me. How many know there's a difference between visitation and habitation? In the natural, you know, we're glad it's just a visitation, not a habitation for some people. Amen. How long they staying? No, no. You know, we're glad. But when it comes to the word of the Lord... Just look at me. Don't look at your relatives. I mean, you know, all your, too many people are related here. Don't, don't look. Just look at me. There you go. Right here. Right here. But when it comes to the word, amen, hey, when it comes to the presence of the Lord, there's a difference between visitation and habitation. Oh God, don't just visit us, but make your home in our midst. Make your dwelling in our midst. In my life, just don't visit me once a week, but Lord daily dwell in me. Holy Spirit dwell. Word of the Lord speak and work in me. God can work immediately, but that's not the norm. I've seen people immediately, immediately, all their prejudice went, immediately. That tumor they had for 10 years, they walked, it was gone. But for most people, hey man, you've been saved now five years, man, you used to be the most prejudiced thing alive. What happened? Goes, I don't know. One day I just woke up. Something happened at work and I didn't respond like I always responded. And I realized, wow, Lord. I don't know when you did this, but man, Lord, you did this. It's that gradual working of the word in the Holy Spirit that's allowed to abide. Isn't that right? You got to let that thing stay there so it can work in you. Hallelujah. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And friend, when you allow the word to to, to, uh, you welcome the word and allow the word to dwell in you. Then listen, we, we said it Wednesday night, we said it Wednesday night, you folks know, um, oh, glory to God. Uh, up north after the last snowstorm comes about middle of April. Amen. Baseball season finally gets to us. Glory to God. And I always said I was the worst student in the spring. My mind was outside. Amen. My grades in those last quarter went down, down. My mind's out there. But every Easter growing up, we get a we get brand new baseball gloves. We get our cleats. That was our gift for Easter. I mean, we got that. And you can't wait for the snow to melt. Half the time, there's still snow out there. And we're playing Catch in the Street because we're just so ready to go out. You don't know what you got down here when you can play a year. Around. Up there, we we're just dying to get out there. And you get that brand new baseball glove, right? And that leather is stiff, man. And it's hard. And you gotta break it in. You gotta break it in. Isn't that right? You gotta get that oil and stuff on that leather and rub it in that leather layer upon layer upon layer. This Bible, if you'll allow it to dwell in you layer upon layer, it'll get through your mind. It'll work in your heart. It'll heal your psyche. I got an answer for someone's wounded heart. His name is Jesus and His Word will heal you. His Word will restore you. His Word will cleanse you through and through layer upon layer. There is healing. Healing. There is healing, there is healing for the child of God. You can be made whole, you can be freed from that bad word, you can be set free from the hold of that tragedy, by the power of God working in you day after day, layer upon layer. There is nothing too hard for my God. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, layer upon layer. You know it. You know it. And you're just praying, I want to get to that first game. It's still a little stiff. You tried everything. put balls in there. You wrapped it up. Dad had a vice downstairs. Man, I it in that vice. You try. People try everything. They try. Oh, that first game is stiff. But, you, you know, you keep plugging in that oil. And you keep using it. You just keep. And then, boy, by the end of the season, man, that thing is all oh, beautiful. Oh, like an extension of your hand. That leather is soft. Flexible, amen? Oh, yeah. Not because one time, but because that daily. Rub it in and let it work. Rub it in and let it work. Rub that word in your heart and mind and let it work. Rub it in and let it work. Hallelujah. I'm going to appropriate this word. I'm going to receive it warmly. I got to digest it properly. Oh, my, 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 my. Our text says the word, which is at work, at work, in you who believe. It's performing its work. It's effectively working. Now, the word work, from the Greek, it's an energy word. In the Greek, it's "energio, Energio. It's where we get our word energy. When the Bible says the word at work, it means the divine, supernatural energy or working of God takes place. When we hide this word in our heart, let it renew our minds. When we let it dwell, it works. That word "work" again, energio, a divine, supernatural working. It works effectively, efficiently, productively, on a divine, supernatural level. One, one truly believes. Whew. Hallelujah! Glory to God! Glory to God! Oh my! The word of God, how the prophet say it, my word will not return void or empty, but it will accomplish that for which you was sent. It will achieve or perform the purpose or its intent. The word of God, properly welcomed, allowed to dwell, properly received, works in us. Energy, the divine working of God's spirit, works in us changes our emotion, changes our thinking, strengthens our soul. It roots out other words, other thoughts, other fears. Hallelujah. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, yeah, this word, this word worked, man. It's rooting out those negative words. It's rooting out those false words. It's cleansing the soul. It's retraining and renewing the mind. earlier you get in on this thing, the better. But then hopefully you're trained as a child how to think right and how to talk right. Older you get in on this thing, there's a greater challenge because the computer has been programmed by a life long doing your own thing, being raised with ungodliness, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the computer has to be retrained. The renewing of the mind. Hallelujah. Oh, my, 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 my. This will root out other words. This will release and impart the very life and power of God into our being. Glory to God. This word frees men. Jesus said that truth will set you free. This word cleanses the washing of the word. This word heals. He sent his word and healed them. My Lord, my Lord. Whew. But our thought receive the word warmly. Amen. We said at the very beginning, response determines effect how I respond to the word will determine how the word affects my life. Isn't that right? How many know the gospel can save anyone? Isn't that right? But we all know everyone's not being saved, are they? And everyone's responding to the word. Yeah, okay. Let me get that one down. All right. Receive it warmly and then digest it properly. Hmm. Let me get back. Whew. Receive the Word warmly you know there was a story probably going back now to the mid 90s late 90s about a school teacher that lost her life savings true story sad story she lost her life savings in some business um, scheme that had been um, just elaborate elaborately explained by swindler she was taken and um, well when all her investment disappeared and her dreams were crushed, etc then She went to the Better Business Bureau. And they said, why on earth didn't you come to us first? Didn't you know about the Better Business Bureau? And she said, yeah, I've always known about you. But I didn't want to come because I was afraid you'd tell me not to do it. The author says, the folly of human nature is that even though we know where the answer lies, God's word. We don't turn there for fear of what it might say to us. So let's love the word and respond to the word and welcome the word and let the word have its way. Receive it warmly and then digest it properly. What are we talking about this? All right, again, remember we said earlier, um, a pep talk will only do you so much good. Sooner, Lord, you need to be trained. Isn't that true? You can give him a pep talk. You can hit. You can hit the guy. You can hit the guy. So Someone better teach the kid how to hit or he's going to strike out. Amen? Uh, pep talk only goes so far. Isn't that right? You got there's technique to things. There's a way to do things. All right. Now, the Bible teaches us technique, how to do things. Digest it warmly. You, you know, meditation is to the soul what digestion is to the body. Meditation is to the soul what digestion is to the body digestion converts food into the nutrients that we need it breaks it down so we can absorb it into ourselves not that right that's why you chew that t-bone amen that's why you put it in the ministry all right and that breaks it up and the nutrients go out now the word meditate in the hebrew means to mutter means to mutter I know a lot of people got cows. Everybody likes cows around here. Amen? Well, what do cows do? They chew the cud. That's kind of where the word comes from. He mutter. They mutter. They chew the cud. All right? All right. Meditate. And meditating on the word talks about reflecting, thinking, mentally dwelling on the word of God, chewing on the word of God. Throughout the day, if you want to get the nutrients out of the word, if you want to get the most out of the word of God, throughout the day, think about the things of God. Think about the stories and the principles of God. That allows the word to become part of your thinking and your reasoning and your perception of things. Keeping God's word and God's voice in the forefront of your thinking. That leads to better living and deeper understanding. Again, digest it properly, meditating on the word. For example, um, Joshua 1 and verse 8, one of my favorite Old Testament chapters is the first chapter of joshua this is where god is commissioning joshua to go forth and take over from moses and there are so many powerful scriptures in here it just it just gets me going but here we go joshua 1 and verse 8 and and, and god is here giving you and i a key to advancement Here's God saying, you are my chosen. I've given you the promises and I'm going before you. But there's some things you're going to need to do if you're really going to enter into your promised land. There's some things we need to do if we're really going to enter into the fullness of what God has for each one of us. And it's beautiful. The book of the law here, Joshua, I'm giving you a key, Joshua. Here's a key. Here's a technique. This is more than a pep talk. Joshua, if you want to separate the men from the boys, if you really want to achieve what I've called you to chief, then the book of the law must not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do all that is written in it. For then, Joshua, you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Victory comes as the word of God becomes something. We think about it. We we meditate on it. I advance this. I don't just take the word of good. I learned that one. You know, if you've gone through any kind of um, higher schooling, there are certain classes you take, and you just know for your field, you don't need them. But you got to take them to, to, to graduate, okay? And so pretty much, you don't want to ruin your grade average. So you learn everything in that short-term memory, spit it out on the test to get a good grade, and then forget about it. All right? Maybe you didn't, but that's what I did. All right? If, if it wasn't in my field, all right. If, I never did find out what X meant. Amen. X equals. I never found out what X meant. Now maybe I was going to be an engineer or something else. I would have found out what X meant, but I don't. I still don't know what X means. All I know is X equals X, X X X X this way, that way. Oh, I never figured it out. Thank God I don't need X here. Amen. Someone said he should have got some X, but anyway. So there's certain things you, you can just learn for a short period of time to pass the test and get it behind you. But whatever your trade is, whatever your... I tell my boys, whatever you're going to do for a living, you master that. You don't got to master your hobbies. Don't got to master bowling or golf. Don't got to master hobbies. Boy, it's going to put a roof over your head and bread for your babies. You better master that. You better know that in and out. That You better be separated from the rest. Separate yourself. Be better. Know this stuff. In and out. Amen? certain things in the Word of God. We don't want to just speed read them. We don't want to just go, I got the ribbon. No, no, no. I want to take that Word. I want to get it so in me that I see life through that Word. I respond to life through that Word. My reasoning comes because that Word is put into every equation and every decision I'll ever make. From how I treat my wife to how I treat my neighbor. Amen. To how I treat authority. Everything comes from that word. Amen? Oh, my, 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 my. And so the key that God says, here, John, here's some technique, John. I'll give you a big pep talk, Joshua. And that pep talk might stir you for a day or two. But sooner or later, that pep talk wears off. But if you can learn and be taught and trained how to live successfully, you can do that day in and day out. You can do that when you feel good and when you don't feel good. There are many times you wake up and say, oh, Lord, how long to retirement? No, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, you wake up saying, Lord, have mercy. Isn't that right? But because you know the book, you can still walk accurately and victoriously. Isn't that true? Amen. And then, hey, we've all had times. You ever get pumped out about something, pumped up, and you're, you're, I mean, you're jacked up about it. Bring it on. And then you fall on your face. You weren't very good at it. Amen. I thought I could be, you know, and then boom, I guess not, I guess not, I mean, all, so all, so you can, you can be all pumped up, but find out you don't quite have the skill. So one of the ways to go forward in God and be who God called you to be, Joshua, you see that book? Don't just read it once in a while, and don't just learn it so you can get the badge for Sunday school, but you need to meditate on it day and night, meditate, you chew on it, you think about it. When that word gives you a commandment, how does that fit in my life? How does that fit in my home? How does that help me on the job? When you get a promise, how am I going to apply that to the now? God wants us to enjoy his promises. Amen? Don't, don't you want your kids to enjoy the promises? You want them to enjoy your blessings? It's our privilege to watch our kids get blessed. Isn't that right? It, we love it when we get something extra so We can bless them. We love it. God wants to bless his people. But he does it through his promises by showing us this is what I want to do. But you've got to know it. Amen? Like any good parent, you don't want your kids to make foolish mistakes. You try to keep them from harm, don't you? You try to give them advice, because you've been there before. And that's what God does. He gives us commandments, not because he's, he's a joy killer, but he wants to keep us from danger, and he wants to help. Isn't that right? He gives us principles and insights so we can make wise decisions. Oh, man. But God says, Joshua, you've got to get this in you. This word can't be something you're always running to. Oh, oh! it's got to be something that becomes part of you. It becomes part of your thinking, a part of your speaking, and part of your... But that only happens when you meditate. You've got to chew the cud. Chew the cud of the word of God. Amen. Chew the cud of the word of God. That's all. You know, you're thinking about things. What's the Bible say about this? Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. That's all right. And, and the word, the word, the word. Hallelujah. Oh, you want to be blessed? Anybody want to be blessed? I want to be blessed. I know most of you. We all know Psalm one, right? Most of us know Psalm one. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, standeth in the way of sinners, sitting in the seat of scornful. All right. So certain things you don't want to do. Right? Avoid certain things. If you want to be blessed, avoid these things. Isn't that good? Right. But you avoid some things, but other things you got to practice, and you got to daily make part of your life. But. His delight, Psalm 1, His delight, the blessed man has a delight. Lord, give us a delight for your word. Oh, sweeter than honey. But His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law, what does He do? He meditates. Day and night, he chews on it. He thinks about it. When he makes plans, he makes plans through the Word of God. When he responds to life's attacks, he does it with the wisdom of God, through the arrow of God, through the sword of God. When he builds a foundation of his marriage or his parenting, he does it with the blocks from the Word of God. (laughs) His delight is in the law of the Lord. In that law, he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree, man. He's going to be fruitful, boy. His least not withering. Other people are withering. Other people are falling off. Other people are giving up. Not the man that's meditating on that word. Amen. He's chewing it and thinking it. And it's become part of his thinking and part of his heart's faith. He's a man or woman that's strong. Ever been around strong people? Man, I've seen some strong people in my day. Everybody else freaking out. They're not even, they're not even moving. I've seen They got a foundation in God, Whew. man. I've seen oh man, craziest situations. People are running through the foxholes, and you watch the real servants of God. They just walk, take authority, man. Whew. They've hidden that word. They meditate on that word. Hallelujah! All right, believe it fully. Believe it fully. Receive it, warmly. Welcome that word. Get rid of anything that's hindering the word from making feeling at home in your heart. Take the word in. Amen? And let it dwell in there. Amen? Isn't that right? You know, it's like that. You know, sometimes they give you that medicine and, 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 you know, some people don't read the label. Terrible thing not to read the label. You ought to read the label. Amen? But, you know, sometimes we think we know better than God and sometimes we think we know better than doctors. But anyway, and the label simply says, take the whole thing. Even if you feel better after day three, take the whole prescription. Because well, we might not feel it, but that stuff is still working in you. It needs to be totally killed. And if you take it all, it'll kill it all. i give you my bedside manner there. Amen. All right, there's my... Dr. Zeno, here we go. All right. Hallelujah. So it's not enough just to take it. I feel better now. I feel better now. Go back and do my own thing. No, I'm Daily. It's going to dwell in me. Amen. Dwell in me richly. Yes. Amen? And then I'm going to digest it, but I'm going to think about the Word. I'm going to meditate on the Word. When we've got to make a family decision, what's the Bible say about this? Amen? When we have to deal, what's, this, what's the Bible principle? What's the promise? What's the Word of God? See how that works? All right. Hallelujah. Believe it fully. And last, I'm going to close, but the last part is, now believe it fully is in applying the Word. Living the word. Being a doer of the word. Amen? Because the believing that Paul's taught, remember, in the first chapter, he says they turned from idols to serve the true and living God. Amen? The believing was not just a mental, you know, okay, we'll accept it. The believing was a giving one's life. It was an action. So let's just, I'm going to finish up with this, but I want you to get this. It's so important. Believe it fully. But again, the word is working in who? Them that believe. <laughs> them that believe. Amen? Not just them that know. Not just them that have heard, though you've got to hear. But that's not enough. Them that believe. And in the context, believing is not only just believing it, but obeying it and doing it, applying it. Again, not enough just to hear it, to memorize it, to agree with it. You must believe it. And believing means obeying it. Now, when our faith and the Word of God embrace the power uh, that word is released and it works supernaturally into our lives. Anybody here born again? I hope so. I thought I would have got a few more. Now we'll have an altar call. No, but how, how, how did it happen? You heard the word. But, but well, th- that's not enough though. There's not everyone saved. Though all, well, well, many have heard the word and not saved. You heard the word but then, then what did you do? You believed the word, didn't you? And that belief was more than just nodding your head. It was a giving of your life. And when you did that, when you responded to the word, the power of that word was released and made you a new creature. Amen? Made you brand new. Gave you a new heart. Cleansed you of your sins. Took you out of death and into life. So here, that's the thought here. In them that believe, the word works. That divine life of God is released into the life that will believe that word and act on that word over and over again. The Bible tells us the foremost importance of faith or believing in the word, which releases the working or the blessing of the word. It can happen to salvation. And that same principle of salvation, same principle applies to every other act of growing in God. Receiving answered prayer, not enough just to hear it. We've got to believe it, obey it. Amen? The healing touch, wisdom, provision, guidance, protection, peace, power... We hear it, we understand it, but I better believe it by obeying it. Closing it down now. Remember, the blessing is in the doing. Not just the hearing, but the blessing is in the doing. For example, for example, Peter hears this word. Come! Remember the story? It's a storm. He's in the boat. He sees Jesus walking on the water. Jesus, if that's you, just bid me come. He was smart enough to know that without a word, it's called presumption. Come on, say amen. Without a word, he's going down like a lead balloon. Without a word, but with a word, that 19 or 20-year-old Galilean fisherman can walk on water. Jesus said, come. Now nothing happens until he steps out. When Jesus said, come, all the power that created the heavens and the earth were contained in that word. But that word was dormant. The word did no work until the response of faith and obedience from the human end that stepped out. And when that word and his faith came together, a man walked on water. What a thought. What a thought. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. He did the impossible when he did what? Not just hear it, but when he obeyed, he released the working of that word. Remember, Jesus looked at one man. He came to Jesus. Lord, Lord, pray for my hand. Jesus said, I won't do it. I'm not going to pray for it. Just stretch it out. Whoo, whoo! Sometimes the Lord says, you don't need prayer. You just need to step out on that word. Woo. Woo. Oh, look out. We might go another 30 minutes. That one just stirred something in me. Am am I right? Am I I reading out of the right book? No, Jesus didn't pray for him. He said, stretch it out. And the Bible says, when he stretched it out, completely whole, completely whole. Oh, my goodness. But until the man did his part, though all the power and the potential was in that word, that word was dormant, the word was being stored up until the f- switch was flipped. The obedience to that word released the working of the word. Give you one more. Jesus said, you feed them. Us. We got two slices of wonder bread and two sardines. You want us to feed this group? Lord, do something about it. We just speak it and let the man fall. No, Jesus, I'm going to do something different. Bring, bring me what you got. Bring me what you, what you got. Oh, so so goody. He's going to touch it and a mountain's going to come. Didn't work that way, though, did it? You know, actually, before they stepped out in faith, Jesus made it smaller and harder. At least here we had a little bit of bread. Now he's going to break it up and divide it. So they're going to walk. Now you take that 800, you take that 800, you take that 800, and and you look down and say, my Lord, I got a tail, (laughs) a sardine's tail and a quarter slice of bread, oh, Lord. But we forgot one thing. Jesus blessed him. He said, you feed him. If Jesus said you can feed him, then you can feed him. Amen. If Jesus said you can build the church, you can build that church. If Jesus said you can go and impact that city, you can go and impact that city. If Jesus said you can go and do it. Guess what? You can go and do it. And the Bible says, now listen, but nothing happens until. I mean, they gave it to him. That's good. You got to give Jesus, right? He blessed it. That's good. But it wasn't until they obeyed the word, you feed them, that the miracle took place through the hands of obedient disciples. Wow. The power of the word did not work until the obedience of men believing and obeying that word. And then it flowed. Then it flowed. Then it flowed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, the blessings in the doing, folks. The blessings in the doing. But if we'll do it, God will honor it, and the power will flow. Glory to God. All right, I know. We're all getting hungry, but anyway, I'm I'm closing. I'm closing. Hallelujah! Amen, 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 amen. We study this morning, especially for young believers, the importance of receiving, believing and applying the Word of God. It makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. If you're newly saved, one of the most important things, you know, when when the kids are young, brush your teeth. You got to learn to brush your teeth. Amen? We teach them when they're little. They they skip when they're little, right? You got to stay on them. So hopefully one day it catches and they learn. All it is is a habit for hygiene. Am I right? It's a habit. It's a daily habit for hygiene. It's just something that if they can create that healthy habit, it'll help them throughout life. Will it not? When you get saved, some people, listen, young believers, you might not believe this, but I'll tell you something. Some Christians never develop a faithful feeding on the word of God. It it can tell. We can tell usually 30 years later in that life. But they never develop it. But it's just a discipline we develop. But if you develop the discipline, it becomes a good godly habit, doesn't it? And the dividends, wow. So Paul's trying to stress this in this young church, the importance of responding and believing and obeying that word. This word will work likewise in our lives like it did in theirs. Let's accept its authority, appreciate and value the word of God. Let's assimilate its truth. Let's take it in us. Let's hide it in our heart. Let's get it in our mind and our thinking. Amen. Let's get the word in our speaking and certainly apply the word. Let's build our lives according to the word. Amen. Let's act according to the word. We should thank the Lord this morning that he's given us his book. And we should ask the Lord, Lord, help us to love your word more and more. Help us to esteem the word of God that you've given us, amen? Like sweet honey. And let us make sure that we're doing our part to obey the word. Remember the the blessings in the doing. And if there's an area in my life that I know I'm not applying the word, Lord, help me to apply it. Help me to walk in this. Help me to. Amen. All right, let's stand and we'll pray. We'll open the altar. Hallelujah. If you need prayer, we'll pray for you.